everybody. Welcome to episode nine of the Disney Sunday Movie Podcast. I'm Ruthie. And I'm Harper. And today we are discussing the special Disney goes to the Oscars. So we'll just jump right into it today and Harper's going to go ahead and read the synopsis. Okay, so this originally aired on March 23rd, 1986, and this show highlights Disney's outstanding success in winning Academy Awards. Host Tony Danza notes that all of the 51 Oscars awarded to the studio, a record 32, were personally awarded to Walt Disney. All right, so just a little bit about the host Tony Danza, just in case you don't know who he is. He's best known for playing Tony Banta on the TV show Taxi from 1978 to 1983. And, of course, Tony Maselli on Who's the Boss from 1984 to 1992. I didn't know that show ran that long. He also appeared in Angels in the Outfield and on television in Disney's 35th anniversary celebration, The Garbage Picking Field Goal Kicking Philadelphia Phenomenon, and Noah. And he also starred in the 2004 syndicated The Tony Danza Show. And he is currently working on a Netflix uh, crime drama series with Josh Groban called The Good Cop, where he is again playing a character named Tony. All right, so this is basically a special that Disney put together to honor the Disney company. And what this is, is kind of like a quick overview of Disney entertainment history. So this is like a clip show. They do, they show a lot of clips with voiceover explanation and kind of tying it together with themes. So we're going to just go through it step by step in how they kind of tell the story of the Disney company. So of course, this starts off with a Michael Eisner intro. He basically says, tonight you're going to see the great moments in Disney entertainment history. But most of all, tonight is a tribute to the man himself, Walt Disney. And then Tony Danza comes up and interrupts Michael Eisner and says, hey, I thought I was supposed to be the host of this show. So Michael's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. But then he does not leave. He kind of hesitates there and stands there next to Tony at this podium. So finally, Tony has to call Mickey over to help uh, him to get Michael to move. And then he says, let's get on with the show. They start by showing clips from past Oscars not necessarily um, around Disney, but just like different stars on the red carpet. Again, you've got to remember this is the 80s. So they t- show like Christy Brinkley and people that were more popular in the 80s than they are now. And it has fans cheering and taking pictures. And then an actress announces and the winner is. And then it shows clips of several Disney characters saying their names like Mickey Mouse, Snow White. Goofy, you know, things like that. (laughs) And then clips back to this actress saying, Walt Disney. And then it shows multiple clips of Walt Disney walking up on different stages to accept his different Academy Awards that he's won. The next scene is Tony and he is outside the Pantages Theater in Hollywood. And he says this is where the Disney studio has won many of their 51 Academy Awards with a record setting 32 being presented to Walt Disney himself. And I believe that Walt Disney still holds the record as the person who has won the most Academy Awards today. Even though this show was over 20 years ago, you know, back in 1986, we're here in 2017, nobody has been able to catch up to his record. So then Tony says, tonight we are going to see what inspired those awards with highlights of some of the greatest moments in movie history as Disney goes to the Oscars. And so they have like a little theme song. 
And then the next scene is they're in like a stage. It's kind of like like a set, but it's supposed to be like a stage. And Tony Danza says he's always been such a big Disney fan and he still has his first Mickey Mouse watch. And then he walks up to this Oscar statue and it is the first one that Walt ever received. And it was given to him for the creation of Mickey Mouse in 1932. And then they go on to show clips of different Mickey Mouse cartoons and they're playing this song, Congratulations, Mickey Mouse. And it's like clips of Mickey like coming out of a limo and with Minnie from different cartoons. Then they go back to Tony. No one knew better than Walt Disney. The most important ingredient in filmmaking is a great story. And with these famous words, once upon a time, 50 years of classic storytelling began. So there's kind of different, there's different themes here that they touch on and that I'm going to emphasize here. So this one is about story. They talk about a theme and then they show clips to kind of prove it based on Disney's library of animation. The first clip they show is Pinocchio from 1940. Uh, Jiminy Cricket in the beginning of the movie, he's opening the book. Then it shows the blue fairy talking to Pinocchio while he's trapped inside the cage and she's asking him how he ended up there and he's telling all these lies and as he's doing this, his nose is growing. And so basically a lot of these clips, like when you think of Pinocchio, that's one of the main clips that you think of is his nose growing and sprouting um, a little twig with leaves on it. (laughs) You know, that's what a lot of these, well, actually all of these clips, these are all classic clips that you think of when you think of these different movies and animated shorts. So the next clip is Bambi, and which is the classic scene where Thumper ice skates and Bambi goes to follow him, but he ends up sliding on his belly, kind of like a pancake on the frozen pond. Then it progresses to Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day from 1968. And this is the scene where Pooh and Piglet are blown by the wind to Owl's treehouse. And then he opens the window and, and lets them in. And they are all swaying back and forth inside this house as Owl tells a story. And then the final scene in this segment is Cinderella from 1950. Cinderella asks to try on the glass slipper, but her stepmother trips the guy who is holding the slipper and it breaks. The Duke is upset, but she reveals that she has the other slipper and everybody gasps. And then the Duke puts it on her foot and it fits. And then it leads into the wedding scene that ends the film and they live happily ever after. So next, Tony Danza says the best part about making movies is that anything is possible. And Disney artists and technicians have always led the way in pioneering visual effects. So this next segment is, you know, some evidence of the Disney company being able to use visual effects. At this point in the show, Tony Danza is talking about how Disney characters or just cartoons in general, they don't age. And he was talking about how he had this crush on Sleeping Beauty or whatever. And then he said, and I quote, I'm one step away from using Grecian formula, and she still looks like a prom queen. (laughs) What is Grecian formula? (laughs) Did you ever look that up? I did not. So I guess you're going to have to look it up and inform our listeners later what that is. Maybe it's an 80s thing. All right, so the clips that they show as evidence of the pioneering visual effects... They begin with bedknobs and broomsticks, and it is the classic underwater, beautiful, briny sea scene where Angela Lansbury and David Tomlinson are dancing. Of course, these are live actors, and they're dancing in a underwater animated scene with animated fish. The next movie they show is The Absent-Minded Professor. So he invents Flubber, and he gives it the name Flubber. 
And then they show the scene where the high school basketball team has flubber on the bottom of, of their basketball shoes and they're jumping all over the place and scoring and just um, blowing the game out. And then the final scene in this segment is from the black hole. A meteorite has struck the spaceship and then one giant fireball meteorite crashes into the ship and is literally coming towards the people and just barely misses them. And this scene actually kind of reminded me a lot of the Indiana Jones scene where the giant boulder is coming towards him. So, you know, so Tony Danza's voice is obviously um, narrating while these clips are being shown. He's talking about developing the art of special effects. And so in this, the end of this section, there's a clip montage set to the Nutcracker Suite song, you know, that one. And it just basically has a whole bunch of fast moving clips and more examples of innovating special effects from movies like Pete's Dragon and Babes in Toyland, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Return to Oz. All right, so we're back to Tony Danza. And he says, the right songs can make your movie an even bigger success. Disney songs have earned 13 nominations and three Oscars. These songs have complemented some of the most beautiful images ever seen on the screen. Just have to interject here. I am sure those numbers have gone up since 1986, especially since this is before the Disney animation renaissance, which includes Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, and such. And of course, not to mention later on Frozen. So you know that these numbers have definitely grown. All right, so the first clip they show is Song of the South, specifically the song Zippity Doodah from the movie Song of the South, 1947. This won an Academy Award. And this is, they're showing the scene that they show in the movie where he is walking in the animated world and singing the song. The next clip is the song, The Bare Necessities from the Jungle Book from 1967. And again, it's the scene where Baloo is singing to Mowgli about the bare necessities. This song was nominated, but did not win. And the next clip is Chim Chim Cheri from the classic movie, Mary Poppins from 1964. And this scene is Bert skipping through the city with uh, Jane and Michael as he shakes hands with everybody that he runs into along the street. This, of course, won Best Song of 1964. The next song is Baby Mine from Dumbo in 1941. And this shows scenes of Mrs. Jumbo cuddling baby Dumbo. Then switches to the scene where she is locked up in the cage and they're kind of like hugging with their trunks while the song is playing. Tony Danza is talking about how these songs are like iconic and I don't understand how this song is iconic compared to the other songs because this is all sad and when you think of Dumbo you do not think of the sad song from Dumbo. I don't think this is an iconic What song, song do you think when you think about Dumbo, Harper? Pink elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Harper likes pink elephants on parade. <laughs> and then finally the last clip that they are showing in this segment is from Pinocchio of course the classic song When You Wish Upon a Star from 1940 which also won best song and while they're playing the song they show the blue fairy waking up the Pinocchio puppet and telling him prove yourself brave truthful and unselfish and someday you will be a real boy the next scene is the scene at the end where he wakes up and he is a real boy when you wish upon a star to me is just the classic Disney song I mean they even use it in the Disney commercial yeah I mean this to me is the Disney song yeah like I think of it more as the Disney song than even Pinocchio, Pinocchio song yeah so they have definitely um when I think of Pinocchio I think of uh the no strings on me song mm -hmm. yeah that's a good song and a good scene too so 
The next segment here is back to Tony Danza. And he says, in the early days, Walt Disney produced an animated series called Silly Symphonies, which were the first cartoons to tell a story with music. In 1932, Flowers and Trees won the Oscar. And this is the first full color cartoon. And then here, as he's narrating that, they're showing the scene of the two male trees fighting over the female tree. They transition next to the Three Little Pigs, which won the Oscar in 1933, and also gave Walt Disney his first hit song, which is, of course, Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf? And I like this part right here because they literally have this quick black and white clip. It's so quick. It's like a couple of seconds long, but it's priceless. This is a clip of Walt Disney actually singing the song while studio musicians are playing the instruments. And one of the people in the, the band playing an instrument is Ward Kimball, who's playing the trombone. And I just love that clip because you just see Walt, he's really involved in the process and he's even involved in creating the song that tells the story of this classic cartoon. So I just love it. This clip reminded me of that segment from Jimmy Fallon where he gets the roots and they play like kids toys like yeah. kids, kids instruments and they well, sing like popular songs maybe jimmy fallon got that idea from walt disney <laughs> i doubt it that'd be funny all right and then it actually shows the three little pigs scene they're singing the song and dancing while the wolf is climbing into the brick house and down the chimney where he proceeds to get scalded by hot water that they have at the bottom of the chimney that was a fire no, they, there's a, well, it's a fire, but with a big pot, a kettle of mm. like full of water that they've boiled. And so he lands in it and he instantly is burnt and he shoots right back up the chimney and out and then he runs away from them. So Tony Danza continues to narrate and here is where they start. They're showing clips of Snow White and he says, Snow White was the crowning glory of Disney's early years and it was the very first fully animated feature length film. And here they're showing clips of the movie and he's talking about how Disney gambled everything on this movie. He had no idea how popular it was going to be, but he bet everything. And here they also have a, a really cute, quick clip of Walt talking about how he tied everything up to the movie and how the bankers were just as nervous as he was about if this movie was going to be a success. And then they also show clips of the movie and the premiere at Carthay Circle Theater. And then, of course, a special Oscar was presented to Walt Disney in 1939 by Shirley Temple, recognizing Snow White as a significant screen innovation, which pioneered a great new entertainment field for the motion picture cartoon. He was given one Oscar and seven miniature Oscars on a stepped base. And this is where, if you've ever seen any clip of Walt Disney, and this is one of the classic ones, and he says, why I'm so proud, I think I'll bust. And I think that you can still see this Oscar at the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco. All right, so Tony Danza back at the stage set, and he says, Speaking of short subjects, ha ha ha, he's relating it back to the dwarves. Then he says, Disney joined in the war effort during World War II, producing short films for various branches of the armed services. And they're showing a clip of the Walt Disney Studio in the 40s. So it has people walking around the studio and then it shows this like theater. And inside this theater, they play a clip from this Donald Duck cartoon called The New Spirit. And this cartoon was created to emphasize the importance of paying income tax to help the war effort to help fund it, basically. And one of the lines in the, in the cartoon is, taxes to beat the axis. And Donald starts saying it. 
And I cannot do a Donald voice, so I'm not even going to attempt. <laughs> then Tony Danza says, Disney also made shorts, which were movies that ran under 30 minutes, many of which were so popular that they were billed above the main feature. Over the years, Disney shorts have won 23 Oscars. So we lead into clips from some of these award-winning and nominated animated shorts. And the first one is Three Orphan Kittens from 1935. This actually did win. And it's um, the little, a cute little scene where with kittens and they're playing around the piano and, you know, they're bouncing around the keys and one of them is inside and the piano starts like spanking its little kitten butt. But it's a really kitten cute scene. <laughs> it's a cute scene. That's kind of like the scene from the Aristocats when they're like jumping around on the piano. Yeah. Except those kittens are singing and these kittens are not. Right. <laughs> uh, the next clip is from the animated short Who Killed Cock Robin, 1935 as well. And this is a story about a bird who's missing. And so they have a trial because they are presuming him dead. But if you've ever seen the cartoon, you find out that he isn't really dead at the end. So Spoiler. I know. Spoiler alert for a 1935 cartoon. <laughs> the next short they show is Toot Whistle Plunk and Boom from 1953. And this is one of my favorites. But this is the study of musical instruments. And it kind of goes through a hypothetical progression of how we came up with different musical instruments. But it's really cute. I love it. Ward Kimball did the animation for this. I just love his animation. It's classic. And then the last one they show is... It's Tough to Be a Bird from 1969. And this is, they're showing a little clip of it with like Monty Python style animation. And I don't know if you know what that means, but it has animation, but that it also has like these clips of these kind of like older 1920s people. And they're kind of, they look kind of like newspaper clippings in a way. And they're being animated. And it's really unusual type of animation, but this won an Academy Award as well. And at the end of it, they have a little um, floating Mary Poppins going across the top. And then they have this Mary Poppins float into the, the next scene with Tony Danza. So it's kind of cute. And then he says, let's not forget that Disney also brought us many wonderful live action movies. So here, the clips, they begin with the movie Never Cry Wolf, which was, I want to say it was probably fairly new. The movies, the, the first two movies here are definitely, they came out in the 80s, so they were newer for this time, so they probably wanted to promote these. So Never Cry Wolf, there's this um, scene where, so this man goes to live in the wilderness with the wolves. He's laying down just in the wilderness, and then kind of like a stampede of antelope come, and they're running because they're being hunted by the wolves, and the man gets caught up in the middle of the scene. It's kind of crazy. I think they're antelope. I've just kind of wrote that, but there's some sort of an antelope deer-ish animal. And then the next clip is The Journey of Natty Gan, another 80s movie. If you've ever seen this movie or you've even seen just the preview of this movie, you've seen this scene where her and another character are running and jumping onto a moving train. And in the movie, she befriends a wolf and the wolf almost doesn't even make it with them. And he jumps onto the moving train at the last minute. The next clip is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And in this scene that they're showing from the movie, a submarine is aiming towards a boat and then it hits it and the boat blows up. And then the final scene in this segment is from Tron, another 80s movie. So they are kind of focusing on these 80s movies. The main character is sent into the video games and he participates in this racing game. And you guys all know that scene where the classic, you know, rounded car and he's driving these video game type car in this video game. 
Now we're going to move on to another segment. Tony Danza says, Walt Disney and the studios won Oscars in almost every category, but there are three areas where Disney really dominated the Academy Awards. Short subjects, documentaries, and musical scores. Shorts featured many of our favorite cartoon characters like Donald Duck, Pluto, and Mickey. And so here they show clips of Oscar-nominated cartoons. The first one is T for 200, 1948 Donald Duck cartoon. Love this one. Donald Duck is trying to have a picnic, but the ants won't let him. This is such a classic cartoon. I love it. These ants are so cute and they steal all his food. And Donald just continues to get madder and madder, which is what he does best. This kind of reminds me of the Donald cartoon that we had to watch last episode. Donald's Garden, where the gopher was like eating all his garden. Mm -hmm. All Donald cartoons kind of seem like the world is out to get him. Yeah, that is basically true. That's Donald. The thing about it is, I guess, like, the he's fighting against some sort of an animal-ish character, and they don't like him, so they just, they do want to get him. It's Chip and Dale, it's the ants, it's the bees, it's the gophers, all of them. You know, they're all, they're all against Donald. Nature hates Donald. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he can grow, like, some award-winning watermelons. So not all of nature. <laughs> just animals. Yeah. So um, after that, the T for 200, they show Pluto's Blue Note from 1947. And in this clip, it's Pluto and he's lip syncing a song, like a crooner song, while female dogs are like falling in love with him and going crazy and screaming. But he's playing this record that's in his doghouse and his tail is the needle of the record player. (laughs) And so the record skips and he has to lift his tail up to get rid of the skip. It's kind of cute. The next cartoon they show is Mickey and the Seal from 1948. Classic Mickey cartoon. Mickey is in the bath and the seal is in there with him, but he doesn't know that. Pluto tries to tell him, but Mickey doesn't listen. And then when he he finally reaches into the water and pulls up the seal's fins, and then he discovers the seal in the water. Again, with the Mickey cartoon, the last one we watched was Mickey's parrot. And it was kind of the same thing, but a little bit different. But again, with the animal, Mickey seems a little oblivious as to what's going on. Yeah, that is, yeah, Mickey's just kind of, you know, living his life. And Pluto tries to warn him, but he's not paying attention. Yeah. At least in the other one, though, Pluto didn't know what was going on either. (laughs) All right. And then the final one in this segment is How to Play Football from 1944. Classic, goofy, how-to cartoon. He's just playing football, and it's just two, like, basically two teams, two goof teams full of goofs playing against each other and just chaos and wackiness ensues as the narrator tries to explain football. Same thing with the goofy cartoons too because sometimes on Disney Channel they'll play old cartoons because I saw Mickey Seal before from Disney Channel but I, there's a lot of goofy cartoons that are like how to do this, mm-hmm. how to do that. How to dance is funny. Yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, I mean that's what he's kind of known for later on is When he's not partnered up with Donald and Mickey in different cartoons, he does these how-to cartoons, and they're just funny. Yeah, there's this one that I'm just thinking of, and it's called How to Build a House, and it's really funny. Yeah. I mean, and nothing is going to go right in any of these cartoons. Yeah. You've got to know that right away, because nothing Nothing goes right with Goofy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially Goofy. Yeah. All right, so we're back with Tony Danza, and he says, Back in the 1950s, Disney took a new direction in making films about nature and wildlife. Disney created the award-winning True Life Adventure Series, which won nine Academy Awards. 
The first clip they show here is The Vanishing Prairie from 1954, and it won the Oscar for Best Documentary. And in this scene, there's an eagle who's trying to catch a gopher, and the gopher keeps like popping up out of its hole and then back down to, you know, evade the eagle. And they added like a voice to the gopher. So kind of like, you're not going to get me kind of a thing. But it's really cute. And it makes it, you know, it makes it interesting to watch those like documentaries when they add those little segments there. And as he continues to narrate over these clips, there's this kind of like a montage clip of the different animals from all of the True Life Adventures movies. Animals are climbing, you know, there's like an animal climbing up a cactus. They're flying, they're falling. There's like a polar bear falling down a snowy hill. And, you know, they're just swimming and things like that. So just kind of like a montage there. It's pretty cute. We're back to another segment with Tony Danza. Disney always seems to have the knack for matching the right soundtrack with his incredible visuals. And here they show clips. The first quick little clip is from Fantasia. The orchestra is playing and then they lead into Snow White and this scene he's narrating over this clip but a little bit in the beginning but it's the Wicked Queen's transformation from her queen self to her old peddler self and how the the music just plays a part in that and how it really just brings the whole scene to life would be nothing without that music behind it as she's creating her potion and taking it and and then turning into the peddler woman. It's the same thing with a lot of movies, too, because if you think about it, like, if you were to watch a suspenseful movie that was just silent, it would be so much less suspenseful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, just like, yeah. Uh, you probably haven't seen Psycho, but that, I mean, right there, that whole scene, like, yeah. like part of that scene is the music. Yeah. And also Jaws, like, that's one of the classic scenes mm-hmm. or the classic movies that without those, I mean, and it's literally two notes, but without those two notes... You would be boring. Yeah, you wouldn't be as uh, scared of the shark. Yeah. It's dun dun Yeah. dun dun and they just keep speeding it up. Uh-huh. And that, you know, everybody knows those two notes. That's Jaws. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a classic example, but of course not a Disney example, which is why they're not showing it here. So, <laughs> but anyway, the next clip here is from Alice in Wonderland, and it's the end sequence. The Queen of Hearts yells off with her head, And Alice starts running and the cards are chasing her and she's running through the different scenes. And it's kind of like everything that's happened in her dream so far is kind of coming back to her as it's wrapping up and as she's about to wake up. So it's that scene and and just how they, you know, she runs into the Mad Hatter and the March Hare again and she's running on the table and then she runs through other scenes. So, you know, it's just like how the movie wraps up there. And then the last scene is the classic scene from Fantasia. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Mickey is directing the water and the clouds and the lightning. And he's making them do what he wants. But of course that's in his dream. Because he wakes up and he's sitting in a chair. And there's water everywhere. And the chair is like floating around in the water. And then the Sorcerer has to come and clean everything up. And then at the end of this segment. They show the end of Fantasia. Where um, Leopold Stokowski shakes hands with Mickey. So I mean Fantasia is Disney's perfect example of how a soundtrack and incredible visuals are married together in a perfect animated film. Same thing with the, um, yeah, the Sorcerer's Apprentice cartoon. Without that iconic song, it would be like, I feel like the whole short in itself wouldn't be such an iconic thing. Exactly. Yeah. Because when you think about Fantasia, you think about that song and that one short. Mm Mm-hmm. Some people actually think that is Fantasia. It's yeah, just that. it's just that. But that's only one segment. Right. But that is the segment that everybody thinks about. So yeah. you're right. 
The next segment, they're showing like these scenes of um, like paint and color. And Tony Danza says, when it comes to new and exciting ideas in animation, Disney sets the standards. And so here they show some clips. The first clip is from Saludos Amigos. And uh, nature comes to life with the stroke of a brush. And it's the cartoon Brazil where this paintbrush is just basically creating this, this scenery while the song plays. The next clip is Three Caballeros and Donald becomes part of the soundtrack. And here he's kind of like, he's turned into like colorful sound waves in this part of the movie. And then the last one is Harper's favorite. Pink Elephants. Pink Elephants on Parade from Dumbo. Uh, and they're just showing, you know, scenes from the uh, the movie where the song plays. The dream, the pink elephant dream that Dumbo and Timothy have. Pachyderms. <laughs> That's from Fantasmic. <laughs> And of course, we're going to wrap up this special with Walt Disney's greatest achievement, the perfect blend of animation, live action, and music, my all-time favorite. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, yes. So first they start by showing clips of opening night of the movie, and then a clip of Julie Andrews winning the Oscar for Best Actress. They show one of the classic scenes, I Love to Laugh, where Uncle Albert is stuck on the ceiling, they go to help him down, and they end up having a tea party on the ceiling. And then they go into the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious scene with the pearly band. And then they keep that playing that song while they show other clips from the movies. You know, scenes like, you know, the chimney sweeps dancing on the, the rooftops of London. And the classic scene of Spoonful of Sugar, the toys, cleaning up the toys and the nursery. And just all of these other classic scenes from the greatest achievement in Walt Disney's history. And so how we wrap this up is Tony Danza says all the awards and Oscars somehow don't say enough. The real tribute to Walt Disney is the feeling that stays in our hearts long after the images fade. And then they play the song A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes from Cinderella over clips from all of the movies and cartoons that were discussed in this show. So there you go. That's Disney Goes to the Oscars. If you haven't watched this, I think it would be really good. It's really quick. You know, it's not even an hour long. Yeah, we have like multiple YouTube videos or multiple it's a YouTube playlists on YouTube yeah, clips, but yeah. it's still really great to watch this and just kind of gives you a good reminder of, you know, what Disney is all about and also brings you back to Walt and like his idea of what he was trying to create, you know, because we kind of we're way far away from that now in 2017 with the animation that is being created today. So it's a good reminder to go back and look at all of the things that Walt did and all of the achievements and the first that Walt actually did because he was literally a genius. So it's just a good reminder. So Harper, what did you think about this? I actually really liked it. I think it's to see this, it's better if you've seen most of these movies already because then it's very reminiscent of like, oh my gosh, I miss, I want to go watch that movie again and stuff like that. It's like when you watch kind of a, when you watch a sequel to a movie and then you want to go back and watch the first movie again. It's kind of like that. But yeah, it's just very um, like, oh my gosh, I love that movie. And it's like reminiscent of all the different movies. It definitely shows the impact that Walt Disney has put on like movies and all his works and stuff in modern day. No, I definitely agree. I really like this. This is really cute. Like I said, just a great reminder of what Walt was able to build in just his short 65 years of living. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing what he did. Like I said, and he was always pushing towards the future. But for us living in the future now, 
it's really good to remember where all of this stuff came from. We wouldn't have what we have today if we didn't have the past. And one of the things that's really great about Walt Disney is he is in the past, but he's also in the future because of the way he thought. And because he was always striving to do new things and be the first to do new innovative things in movie, in film, in music, in theme parks, in attractions, all of this. He was always striving to, to do new things. So you still feel like even though he's not around and he hasn't been around for many years now, you still know that he is in the future because he was such a forward thinking person. But anyway, I really like this because it helped me think about those kind of things. And it just, uh, of course, solidifies why... I'm a huge Disney fan. All of this stuff. You know, this is what I grew up watching and what I still continue to love today. So I really like this. It was just a really fun way of spending a, an hour watching. So how would you rate this, Harper? I think this is... I would give this a 7 out of 10 because although, yes, it is it is really good. It's not like a whole feature film, I guess. I liked it. I liked it a lot, but I don't think it's... Yeah, I actually totally in agreement with you. I wrote down my rating earlier and I wrote down a seven. Mm -hmm. So I liked it a lot like you, but it isn't like a full feature film. You know, and I was looking back on some and thinking about some of the other things we've watched and, and it is better than some of the things that even some of the films that we watched, but still, you know, it isn't right up there at the top either. Yeah. So I was actually thinking... In between Winnie the Pooh and Last Electric Night. Exactly. That's okay. exactly where I was thinking. So this will be at the number five spot. Then. Yeah, the new number five slot. So that right now we have Winnie the Pooh at four and Last Electric Night at five. We'll put Disney Goes to the Oscars at five. So Last Electric Night will get bumped down to six. And that is how I feel like it should be ranked. All right, so... um do you want to just remind everybody about our social media, Harper? Alrighty, guys. You can find us on Twitter at The DSM Podcast and on Facebook and SoundCloud at The Disney Sunday Movie Podcast. Also, make sure to check out our website, DisneySundayMoviePodcast.com. And if you have any comments or questions, our email is DisneySundayMoviePodcast at gmail.com. All right. So our next episode, episode 10, is going to be on a movie called I Man which is currently not available online that we could find. So we are going to be watching it on a private download that we have. So you will definitely want to tune into our full explanation on the movie. So that's what we're going to be watching for the next episode. And we had a fun time discussing this one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Don't have to see it. Where'd everybody come from? All we both know it's true. Let's take I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have You, you, you E-E-I-O That means you